Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Salutatory pleasantries and welcome to yet another resplendent edition of TV Talk here on theworkprint.com. I'm your host, the ever-nibbable Robert J. Kajewski, and I'm flanked by... Norton. And we are here today to talk about the tertiary episode of Kevin Can Fuck Himself on AMC, also streaming on AMC+. Now, for this one, because there's but five more episodes left... Yay! I figure, I mean, it just aired this week. I was thinking maybe they had the scripts already in the can, but they were thinking of actually airing it like closer to Halloween. That would have made sense because it's a Halloween-ish episode. I mean, you got to remember with television, it's, you know, they can shoot a Halloween episode in the middle of the summer. No, I'm saying like when it would air though. Like if they don't originally, have control on when it's going to air though. But usually, if you do a holiday centric episode, it's going to air like kind of around that time. They have Interview with the Vampire starting in October, so it's I'm not really sure. Halloween based. Though. It's vampires. So it's not really it's Halloween based. It's much more Halloweeny than Kevin can fuck himself. I mean, there's literally. And also, there's only eight episodes of Kevin can fuck himself. Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. And nobody gives a shit about it, so you can just stick it in. There's whenever literally you want and get rid of an it. event that Kevin calls Halloween, which is between him and Neil. Also, it might be a nod to sitcoms anyway, because usually sitcoms air their Halloween episodes, and it could be like whenever. Like could it's be. not always on time. No, that's true. But um, with this episode, we actually start where we left off the last episode, which is what is the private eye going to do for Allison and uh, Patty? Yes. How is the private eye going to help Allison fake her own death? Apparently that is going through back alleys and under table deals and going to the mortuary to find a dead body so that she could be identified officially. Yes. So the way that the private eye explains it is that as long as you can find somebody young enough, unclaimed, who doesn't really have a whole lot of social media presence, so that way, you know, nobody can say like, oh, this person doesn't look like them or they don't have any friends or family, then you can just take their identity because it's a lot harder to forge an identity than it is just to take somebody's identity. Well, especially if you have no family that's claiming the body. Or... Well, that's the thing. So you have nobody that's calling in and saying, hey, this person's dead. Mm-hmm. So now you just have a dead person who's not officially dead, mm-hmm. at least according to the government. Yeah. So you can take their identity and just live their life and everybody wins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is that as I was watching the episode the first time, I was thinking to myself because they're spooked out. Now, I've never been in a mortuary before but I could especially especially at nighttime think that even though they have a mission and their mission is quite like cut and dry it's still kind of creepy because you have to search through actual dead bodies well okay so they don't actually just search through dead bodies in terms of like it's not a pile well then no i mean no i mean they're in they're in like pine caskets and they have little uh like cards that basically say who they are so all they have to do is read the cards 
see the date of birth and, uh, you know, Patty's been doing internet searches to see if they have much of a social media presence. Mm. And then they settle on Gertrude Franch, who is the best bet for Allison because she is the closest to Allison's age. She died in a violent car accident, which means there was probably either... Not necessarily no body, but it was probably disfigured enough so that, like, nobody can mm. identify her. She has apparently no... Uh, Next of kin? Yeah, like, nobody claimed her. She was on vacation, which is a big thing. Mm. And she doesn't have a social media presence, which is perfect. But, yeah. of course, Allison is all hung up on the name Gertrude Franch, which I think is kind of a cool name. It's an interesting name. Nobody names their kid Gertrude anymore. Yeah, and but, you know... I mean, maybe name... she's... a being a little bit nitpicky because she's like this is the rest of my life this is my identity which technically it's supposed to be a throwaway identity but she is once again putting barriers in front of her own freedom just for the fuck of it hmm. you know what you can do with the name Gertie anything you can call yourself Gigi if you want nobody knows any better I mean, you could and the last name Franch is pretty cool it I mean, just sounds like you don't know how to say French, which is amazing because you're white and you look like a person who would not know how to say the word France or French or French. Well, I did know somebody who kind of had a similar name, but it's spelled weird, like F-A, I mean, F-R-A-U-N-C-H or something like that. And I mean, technically, if that, if you steal somebody's identity mm-hmm. and you get it made your own and you get their social and all that other shit, yeah. I wonder if you could legally change your name down the line, if it would really be that difficult or if you mm. could pull it off. Yeah. Although I don't know, because you'd probably have to have the birth thing and all the other shits and what have you. And maybe it's more trouble than it's worth. It could be. I mean, just live with the name Gertie. Yeah. But what we Not do so see. I had a dachshund named Gertie and it was adorable. I would never name a do- any dog. I don't care if it's a dachshund or not. I would never name a dog Gertie. Why it's... not? Well, Gertie? I, I mean, I Gertrude is the full name. Yeah, but Gertie I only think short. of, like, E.T. when I think of that stupid name. Why? Who's Gertie? Because I think, don't they call E.T. Gertie when E.T. is dressed up as a woman? I don't know. Dude, I've seen E.T. like once in my whole life. And I saw, like, the last time I, I saw it was a long all. time ago. But I never really liked that movie except for the Reese's Pieces. What we do see, or maybe that's Drew Barrymore's character. Uh, probably. She is a little girl. Yeah. But uh, what we do see, which I don't remember if last season actually had too much of it, but uh, flashbacks. No. I don't think last season had any flashbacks, from what I remember. It might have, but if it did, it was like very scant. I don't think they had any, because this is the first time I remember thinking, like, oh, we finally get to see Allison's side of the story. Because, you know, Allison has been telling this whole story the whole time of, like, how Kevin ruined her life and how she could have been more and blah, mm. blah, blah. And we never see this horrible event happen. So now we get to sort of get a glimpse at how she came to be however it's an interesting way that it happens because she is at the funeral of her father and it is a very somber event and then she goes into the well she's at the wake oh yeah she goes to the, the wake she goes into the one area and her mother walks in and when her mother walks in it's like kevin it's was walking in yeah it's exactly it's got laugh tracks it's got quote-unquote jokes Yes. Although his mother, or, I mean, her mother is very, very berating of her. Yes, which I think is the connection there. So I think Allison sees anyone that kind of brings her down and tries to sort of, maybe not control her necessarily, but maybe try to mm. staunch her light. 
as somebody that is a Kevin-esque figure. I mean, yeah, to stanch their Because, I mean, what do you do in a sitcom to women? That, I mean, it kind of reminded me of, um, what is that uh, Rebel Wilson movie? The one where she... Uh, oh, uh, the romantic one? Yeah, Isn't It Romantic, I think it's yes, called. Yes, Isn't It Romantic. And, like, her mother at the very beginning says, like, honey, we're not those people. We're not made for, like, a certain type of lifestyle. And that's all Allison's mother was trying to say. She's like, we're not, ham quote, people. unquote, ham people. Yes, because she makes fun of wrecked. Allison because Allison gets a ham for the wake. Yeah, and she drops it on the floor. Fancy. And her mom's like, you better pick that up. We're not against the five-second rule. So. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess you could see, because Allison apparently, from the last episode, I think, uh, there was mention of her, she ran track or something like that. She was like a all-star athlete. I mean, all these people seem to make this idea that Allison was like some great person well, filled she had with potential. potential before Kevin came along. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, the other part that's kind of interesting about her mother compared to Kevin is that... Both her mother and both Kevin are stereotypes. Mm. They are the sitcom stereotypes that we always think of. The very harsh, uh, controlling, sort of nagging mother. that they Not a crone per se, but, you know, that, like, uh, Two and a Half Men. The mother on Two and a Half Men. Like, any kind of, like, anytime you have a mother in sitcom, or I should say a grandmother because it's probably more clear. Mm. But if you have the main woman's mother which mm-hmm. would be the grandmother to the children, on a show, nine times out of ten, she is going to be biting, she's going to be judgy, she's mm. going to be sort of this backhanded compliment type lady. You know, it's the very stereotypical uh, your relationship with your mother situation yeah. where, like, you're never good enough for her, she always thinks you look down on her, like some shit like that. And that's mm-hmm. what we have here. Allison's mother is the very stereotype of this yeah no i can see maybe that. allison's just miserable because she can't live in the world that she's supposed to live in like maybe it's not That's kevin's true. world maybe it is everybody else's world and allison just happens to live in this weird grave version of it because she won't acquiesce to it it's possible and but she drags patty down into it and she's dragged neil down into it later that night from the wake we see her at the bar apparently she's gone through most of a pitcher of beer not because she likes it but because her father liked it so in order to i guess appease whatever memory he still has with her or she still has with him then she was drinking that patty wants to drink she offers her beer patty says no and there's a little bit of awkwardness between the both of oh yeah the women. so this is the night that allison also meets patty Allison meets Patty the same night that she meets Kevin. Mm -hmm. Mostly because she meets Patty and that leads to meeting Kevin in a weird way. Mm -hmm. So Patty comes. They kind of have a weird, awkward conversation. Patty leaves. And then the next scene we see, they're all in sitcomville because obviously Kevin is there. And now you have Kevin sort of having this fun like you know just free moment and obviously allison is sad from the death of her father and she's in mourning and she's kind of shocked and she wants that distraction Mm -hmm. she even says earlier in the episode that i think her mother even points it out to her or maybe it's somebody else that says it to her where it's like she was always happier having a distraction Mm 
Yeah. And that is what Kevin is. Yeah. No, Kevin that's is true. her ability to get away from her grief, get away from her sadness. And just sort of... Also, she's drunk, so that yeah, doesn't I was help. about to say, like, it doesn't help that she was libationally compromised. Really? Just say drunk. Well, you sound more drunk trying to not say drunk than if you just say drunk. Yeah, but drunk's such an interesting word. I like libationally compromised a little bit more. That doesn't because mean anything technically, to there's different levels of drunk. <sighs> That's the thing. It's not like she's fallout, like, sloppily drunk. Would you prefer the word inebriated? Intoxicated. I mean, literally any word works. Uh, the thing is that she... And she kind of almost does look like she's fall down drunk, to be honest. But I mean, she could still stand up. Barely. But I think she was just lonely that night, and she wanted somebody that, in the face of death, uh, kind of was the life of the party, I guess. Because apparently she's like, everybody seems to love you. You seem the light of a room. So she was attracted to that. Yes, which most people are. Most people are attracted to somebody who is, for all intents and purposes, probably a narcissist. Mm. I I mean, I do find it slightly screwed up that, like, later on in the episode, when she's, like, outside of the bar and her and Patty say goodbyes, Patty's like, so you're actually going to date him? She's like, yeah, I think so. And... You could see that Patty wants to say something, but she doesn't. So technically, this is Patty's fault, too, for not jumping in to me. Yes. So this might explain why Patty is more forgiving of Allison and more tolerant of Allison than perhaps we give her credit for. There is a good sign that Patty feels a lot of guilt for Allison's position because Patty could have warned Allison Mm -hmm. right that night. Allison comes out and says, like, oh, he says he's going to cook me dinner. And Patty just kind of laughs at it, thinking, like, oh, that's funny. And when Allison kind of looks at her, she just kind of goes, oh, okay, that's nice. And that's it. And she doesn't, because, you know, obviously Patty knows what Kevin's like. Mm -hmm. Patty's been trapped in Kevin's world this whole entire time, along Mm -hmm. with her brother Neil. Yeah. So it is weird. I mean, maybe Patty wanted another woman there because if you notice when it's Patty and the two guys, again, they are as dismissive of her as they are in the first season. Mm-hmm. They kind of treat her like she's not there. They treat her like she doesn't count. They treat her like she's invisible. So yeah. you kind of can't blame Patty for wanting to bring someone else into that world. The problem is that Allison never entirely goes into the world. Mm. And it's possibly a hint that maybe Patty's never entirely in that world either. Because when Patty is around Allison, they both exist in that blah space. Mm-hmm. And again, I guess the other weird blaring coincidence would mm. be that they're both women. Except for the fact that Allison's mother causes the comedy world too. Yeah. So that's Which the only problem with new... saying that, oh, it's women. It's like, mm. No. I mean, maybe it's just anybody that creates anxiety in her life. That's when, like, the cameras go up and the laugh track goes in. Because, obviously, her mother creates a jet ton. So I think it's one of those situations, though, where, like... So, with her mother, she has the situation and she's kind of... She's very upset by it and she's very displeased by it because, um, assumedly, this has been her life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it's like with her mother all the time. Yeah. When she sees it with Kevin, it's sort of like, it's 
to her, it's kind of like, oh, here's a new version of it. Like this mm. person won't won't bring me into this. This person won't treat me this way. Yeah. So when inevitably down the line, her life with Kevin is exactly like her life with her mother. Now she's in this hell that she can't get out of, which is why we have the situation we have currently, which is her trying to find a new identity so she can run away and mm-hmm. disappear and no longer exist. Yeah, apparently as they're taking their, what would assumedly be a sweet old time, and Patty is getting a little anxious because they're on the clock, Patty, or, yeah, Patty needs to, or promise Tammy, her girlfriend, the detective, uh, that she would make it to a game night. Yeah, so there's a weird subplot. Like, this episode sucks, much like most of this series. But anyway. See, to me, this was actually my second favorite episode next to New Patty, which is actually from the first season. That's when Patty is kicked out of the group. I want to say it's like the fourth episode or something like that. Okay. It was written by Tom Sharpley, and anybody... Uh, Anything that he does, I love. But it was. Is that the one where by the end she has like a baseball bat and she's like their defender or some shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually is a good callback because the very beginning it actually opens up. The episode opens up. She's awoken to a noise. Happens to be Neil, but she grabs that exact baseball bat and socks him again. Oh, Neil. So here are our two subplots. We have Neil, who apparently well, can't subplots. sleep. Well, yes, three. So you have Neil, who can't sleep be ever since he basically had his mind blown. Yeah. You have Kevin, who is planning to throw a Halloween uh, tradition, which is him, Neil, and I guess the father, the father watching just horror watching. movies. Yeah, but he wants Allison there to be sort of a, a buffer. For him. Not a buffer. He wants her there because he feels safe with her there. So this is probably the first and only time we've ever seen that Kevin admits to wanting Allison around. Right. Because of a flaw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, he does the same thing he does in every episode, which is he blames his flaws on Neil. So, of course, he blames Neil for anything that goes wrong, even though it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third plot is obviously the whole stupid Tammy Patty. game night shit. Yeah. Uh, which nobody, again, nobody gives a fuck. This whole show is just a fucking waste of time. <laughs> okay, to move this along really quickly. Uh, so, Patty's growing very impatient. She's like, I need to get to this place. At some point, I guess the actual owner of the funeral home comes down. Yes, the man who volunteers to house these poor, unfortunate souls shows up and asks yeah. the ladies if it's too cold. It freaks them out and they leave. And mm. Allison decides that she's going to go check the graveyard because the graveyard is the other place where all the unidentified bodies are, unclaimed mm. bodies are. And she knows Patty has to go, so she says, don't worry about it, I got this. Patty just kind of stares at her a minute. They leave. Patty has the flashback to obviously meeting her in the bar, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, Allison manages to fall into an open grave in present times. Yeah. Because why wouldn't she? Because despite the fact that this show seems to quote unquote hate sitcoms, they have a lot of sitcom moments. Yeah. I mean, so, I think that's by design. Yes. So. Allison falls hilariously into a, an open grave. Of course, Patty finds her, helps her out. And we learn that, you know, Patty is helping Allison to the detriment of her own relationship. Mm. But Patty doesn't seem all that concerned about a relationship. 
See, like, the weird thing, and I've, I don't know if I said this in my written reviews for the first season, but I think ultimately, and I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets right now, I think ultimately Patty and Allison will wind up together. I oh, think yeah, that, I definitely see Pat, that because Patty's been so patient with Allison and I think it's to a fault and I think there's a reason for that. You think Patty likes Allison? I think yeah. Ah. Secretly I think she does. Now I mean granted we've never touched upon whether Allison is bisexual or whether she's queer. Or anything. Hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so far we haven't really seen Allison show any sort of tendencies in that direction. Yeah. And I don't feel like that would be the direction. If anything, I feel like if Patty and Allison wind up together, it might be as a Thelma and Louise type situation. I mean, I could see that too. Where, you know, they're just sort of friends. They both decide like, fuck it, our lives suck, let's leave. Yeah. But for Patty, that would be a lot harder because Tammy is a detective. Mm -hmm. So I don't see Patty abandoning Tammy if solely for the idea that she might be afraid that Tammy would track her down. And Tammy would know how to do it. Oh, of course. Well, As opposed to Allison, again, she's who, a you know, private eye. she can just leave, even though in the past she's claimed that Kevin has hunted her down. But I don't mm. know how much he'd actually hunt her down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it is interesting to see that Patty actually just f had forgone her game night because she's like, oh, well... I'll grovel later. She's like, it's not it's not a problem. So, yeah, she kind of writes off the fact that she stood somebody up yet again. I mean, to be fair, Allison does point out that Patty doesn't like board games. No, it's and true. And Allison does point out that Patty doesn't have to pretend to like things for somebody else. Yeah, but, I mean, I personally think that, like, she really likes this person. So, I mean, she's willing to maybe skirt her typical nature by the side yeah but i feel like that's detrimental and i think even part oh, of, of patty understands yeah. that is that you know you should be who you are regardless mm. of the person you're that's with. the only reason that i thought maybe they would by the end of this series they would get together because technically patty can be herself around allison and allison feels free enough to be herself around Patty. They're the only two people that sort of get each other. Right, and I understand that idea of it, but I don't think romantically Allison has any interest in Patty. And I don't They've think romantically it, Patty has but... any interest in Allison, to be honest. Like, if they do love know. each other again, I think it's a platonic friendship type it thing. It could be. Plus, I feel like these shows are more into the whole, like, girlfriends slash Thelma and Louise bond yeah. than they are the whole, like, yeah. Oh, they're magically lesbians. Mm -hmm. But I did find it personally, even though I know you can give a crap about the show. Uh, but I did find it sort of endearing just watching Patty sort of be the literal crutch for Allison because she sprained her ankle all the way to her actual house where Neil, Kevin, and Peter are watching a scary movie right next side to right by the side of uh, Tammy 
Yes. Because Neil apparently calls Tammy. I thought that it was going to be. Thought Everybody it was take, thought it yeah. was going to be that. But I mean, that's that good fake out that you're yeah, like, oh, okay. Everybody thinks like, oh, Neil's going to tell Tammy that Allison's trying mm-hmm. to kill Kevin. And it's like, nope, apparently he just called because they heard a they noise They just in the needed basement, a woman there. And they found out that, well, they needed a cop. They needed somebody with a gun. And then they found mm. out that the father has been squatting in the basement for the last two weeks. Did they need somebody with a gun? Because technically Kevin has a gun. I don't know if he still has it. Mm, I don't know, but I think they just wanted like a proxy for Allison. Well, they wanted Allison a police there. person because he even says he says it on a number of occasions that she's a detective and that mm. they can call her and blah blah blah. No, and then the the pinnacle of the episode is mm. uh, Kevin slamming the door in Allison's face, mostly accidentally. Well, yeah, well, entirely accidentally. She really. tries to. Once... I don't understand why this happens though. Like this seems like one of those really stupid sort of forced things because she uh, has yeah. a fucking key to the house she's never had any problem opening the door before but because it's halloween and because they're watching a scary movie of course it has to be that whole like fake oh someone's trying to break into my house bullshit so then kevin tries to you know he beat, drop kicks the door he drop, he, yeah he kicks the door it hits allison in the face for no reason whatsoever because again that's another bullshit force there's no reason why she would have her face that close to the door while she's trying to open it doesn't make any sense i don't know i mean if you're trying to get let's just for the sake of argument uh say that she's trying to like jiggle her key in and whatnot sometimes like when i do that i kind of lean in a little bit nah, some sitcom bullshit but it, well i was just about to say too it actually is very even though it's not in the sitcom realm uh because there's no laugh track when this happens but it's in the realm of very being very slapsticky sitcommy Yes. Even though, granted, the... I was going to say bruising, but it wasn't bruising. It was just swelling. Yeah, Swelling she was pretty real. A, yeah, she winds up with a pretty bad bump on her cheekbone. Um, and it's weird because the the show kind of treats it as like a domestic violence situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas it is very clearly not a domestic violence situation. And I don't think that's a very good idea on their part. Like, the thing is, like, Like, I get that it's supposed to be, I guess it's supposed to be, like, symbolic or a metaphor for how she feels in her relationship with Kevin. Mm. But realistically speaking, I don't think it's a good idea for them to have gone I mean, the thing is that I somewhat agree with you. The, The one thing before the episode ended, the one place I thought, and it, to me, would have made perfect sense where it was going to go would be she'd be like does this look like like a spousal abuse to you like to patty and patty's like yeah yeah, you could use that you could use that as getting like you're out of the marriage you could just claim spousal abuse i mean that would be an interesting and easy out but they weren't going to use that well i mean they can't anywhere there were too many witnesses even tammy was there for that so it's like yeah because you have so then in the aftermath of the door incident you have the sitcom moment where they're all sitting on the couch and they're kind of having a laugh about it. Uh, except for Allison, who's, you know, very upset. Oh, well, very about much everything. in pain. Uh, yeah, but again, it, like, I feel like she overreacts to it in an, in an unnecessary way. But again, she's not very happy in the situation. She's obviously feeling very it hopeless. would overreact to, like, getting hit in the face. <sighs> he didn't mean to do it to her. It's not like... He beat no, her but in he, the face on he purpose. quote unquote never means to do a lot of stuff and leaves like a, a trail of dead bodies in his way, like I metaphorically speaking. I get it, but again, I don't think this was the right route to take to get to that message. 
Mm. Again, I don't appreciate the fact that she stands in front of her mirror and looks at her cheekbone like he literally punched her in the face. And he did not. He accidentally hit her with a door. And a genuine accident, not like a no, domestic I mean, violence. Oh, you know, we're going to need nerf stairs type situation. I, but I mean, you do get words. I mean, whether you think that it's I get what the artfully done or not. For, but. No, I get I get what they're trying to get at. But I feel like the the way they did it was bad. Like I I feel okay. like they shouldn't have done that that way. I mean, I get why they did it. Yes, because I thought maybe. they had something in season one where that happened to her. Like something uh, violent think happened so. to her yeah. like that too. Yeah, and it was just like. <sighs> Really? We're just I mean, going to go with this? It, it's interesting because... I mean, technically, if she wanted to go with spousal abuse, she could have taken the the neck ring that Neil gave her, and she could have gone to the cops and been like, oh, Kevin's done, done that this. too, yeah. And then she could have gotten out that way. But again, this bitch doesn't want to get out. She no. really just wants to be a pain in everyone's ass, yeah. complain, and then, you know, not help her own self. Did you die? No. I just wanted to check the time, that's all. Okay. But um, ultimately, I am a big fan of this episode. I do like, yes, maybe it's not Halloween related in a sense because, I mean, outside of like the whole Halloween thing, which technically they do make a joke about because she, I think Halloween technically is the 31st of every month, I think you said. Oh, yeah. So, and if you, you notice... Um, or for those uh, those keen of eye, notice whenever she opens the door, there's snow outside. So it can't be, well, it could be fall, but doubtful. I mean, I mean it's Boston. It snows in October in Boston. Yeah, no, that's true. The but... only thing that would say that it might not be actual Halloween is the fact that, A, you don't see any trick-or-treaters, and B, there are no decorations anywhere else. Mm-hmm. He literally just has the house decorated mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's it. So it's very possible that he doesn't have that. It's not actually Halloween. That mm. it's just his Halloween yeah. tradition. I mean, I think that to be fair, it just seemed as though this episode was compounding a lot on Allison. I mean, maybe the kicker was that oh, well, my father-in-law is now a permanent resident in my house. Well, yeah, she does get stuck with the father-in-law. Yep. But outside of that, I mean, it just seemed as though she was just getting stuff piled on her and piled on her and just compounded. She gets stuff piled on her every episode. Boo fucking who. I fucking hate Allison. <laughs> I really do. Like, this is the yeah, least do sympathetic it, character in this whole fucking show. I do find it entertaining. I don't want to say fascinating. Entertaining. That you hate I really a character hate show. so much. Well, a character so much. I mean, could you think of any other show that has a, as much of a hated character to you? Mm, probably. I mean, the problem is that Allison is the main person that we're supposed to be rooting mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And I just absolutely think she's a piece of shit. Mm. It's like if I watched Breaking Bad, I probably wouldn't like Walter White. Walter White. He's a piece of shit. Well, there's Walter White, then there's Heisenberg. They're the same fucking idiot. It's just, just some saying. selfish piece of shit. But um, at the very end, when Allison's looking in the mirror and she's noticing her very big bump on her cheekbone. Uh, and even Patty treats her like it's a domestic violence situation. Mm-hmm. It's so aggravating. Because um, I feel like it's disingenuous to actual domestic violence victims. 
But again, maybe it is supposed to be symbolic to how they feel. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, like here's this innocuous situation. Well, especially sometimes the ones that can't leave the marriage. Yes, I understand what the show is trying to do. I just feel like the show does it badly. And I fucking hate this show. <laughs> so fucking horrible. Yes, fine. I hate it so but much. But at the very end, uh, when Patty... Or she... I am not hate watching this show out of joy, everybody. I'm here because I have to be. Well, we're like here at I am content. the Allison on this podcast. Yes, that's fair enough. Um, but what we are intimated towards at the end of the episode, because, again, I thought initially Allison was going to say, what does this look like to you? Does this look, look like spouse abuse? Or, but when Patty, in kind of like opaque terms, says, okay, you can do this, then we see the previews for the next episode so i'm still kind of curious what they're gonna do but we do see flashbacks because allison's now having ptsd from and he's not is he dead no he's not dead he's not dead he's, he's just dead. in a coma he's or something. like yeah in a coma or some shit comatose uh robin lord taylor the funny thing is that i know is like the actual actor's name i forget the the, oh, uh, I don't remember his name. Nick, yeah, I think his name is Nick. Possibly Nick. But uh, we see him, so apparently he's going to be a central theme in the next episode. But I do like the fact that, to me at least, the episode itself sort of had an air... I get where I was trying to go. We could say yes. Technically, not a Halloween episode, uh, even though the even title credits had like a, a spooky air to it and everything oh, like of that. Oh, because the funeral crap, yeah. Because the funeral stuff. But, um, I mean, still, I I consider this particular episode very solid through and through. I mean, the only other thing of note is mm. that at the very end of the episode, Allison once again confers with Patty in terms of should she take the name Gertrude mm. Franch. And, of course, Patty says yes. And this is right after we remember the fact that Patty is the one who didn't warn Allison about Kevin. Yeah. And Allison doesn't seem to remember this, unless Allison has some, like, weird long con game going on. Who knows? Mm. But Allison kind of trusts Patty with her future. That was, like, one of those, um, I don't want to say through lines, too, but uh, they they do make mention of it a couple of times because the reason... According to Allison, she ends up in like the ditch, like it's six feet under, basically, like the ditch of a grave is because she's like, well, I guess I lost my way. And so at the very end, she's like, well, I trust you because you always know how to find your way. That's well, yeah, because that whole trusting. Did you ever think that, you know, it's not that you're going the wrong way. It's that you're not looking and paying attention where you're going. Yeah. And I feel like. Patty kind of has that weird split of like, on the one hand, she feels guilty because she didn't warn Allison about Kevin. But on the other hand, she kind of doesn't feel guilty because Allison mm-hmm. should have been able to see it. Mm-hmm. Like a part of her, I think, is aggravated because Allison trusts like too much and doesn't pay attention enough and then gets frustrated when she's stuck where she is. And it's like, well, you did this to yourself. Mm-hmm. I do have to ask, though. Um Yes, I hate the show. Well, yes. With that in mind, uh, 
first of all, I do like the way they portrayed younger Allison, a grieving, like in bereavement Allison, because we kind of see how vulnerable she is at that point, at that juncture, at that time in her mm. life, a death of, I assume, somebody she loved very dearly because she was really torn about it. Maybe that was the one person in her life that actually made sense. Maybe. And she lost it. But, I mean, did you at least find any inkling of sympathy towards, like, the 2005 Allison? No. Uh, no. Okay, I mean, I figured I'd ask. I kind of no, knew the answer. She's but... the same stuck-up, snobby little whore. Like, that's the well, thing. I, I kind of get the idea of her mother being frustrated with her because she does seem like... She's better than everybody. See, I never got that. Well, that's because you are also <laughs> stuck up and snobby I mean, and think you're better I can than everybody, be. So I don't think I'm better than anybody. It takes one to know one. No, I mean, I can be stuck up and snobby at times. Yes, that I will fully cop to. But I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I mean, look, I feel for Allison, you know, losing a parent is a terrible thing. It's a trauma that you go through. Everybody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Some people are a little more prepared for it than others. Sometimes it hits you by surprise. Sometimes you see it coming. Uh, I think with Allison, she did have a bit more of a prep time because she even says to her mother, like, you know, you took care of him, like, throughout his, his like, at, towards his end of days. And, mm. you know, he, she looks at the picture of him and it's like, well, that's not what he looked like towards the end. Well, yeah, because so, I guess he let himself go. Yeah, and... like, you do know that the father was on his way to wherever he was going. Mm. Uh, so on the one hand, I do kind of feel for her in that sense of the the dead parent club. Well, but it's on a the very minuscule feel for. It's her. a tiny bit of 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 mercy thrown in her direction because for the most part, she's still Allison. She's still I like again. I think ninety percent of me not liking this character is me not liking the actress. I really don't like her. You don't like her even I really, in I don't uh, like her Creek? voice. I've never watched Shit's Creek. Oh, she's amazing. I don't Shits like her Creek. voice. I don't like her look. I don't like anything about her really. Wow. Like she's just super annoying, and I feel okay. like throwing her in this show makes it ten times worse. So do you think just because uh, she has the most horrible accent? I I can't get over her accent. It's just the worst. See, I never noticed the accent. Uh, they're the most annoying accents. And I mean, never granted, noticed, it's Boston, huh? so it's like, okay, fine. Well, Annoying Boston, Boston accent is like a given. But still, yeah, no. I'm like, it's probably 50-50. It's probably 50% of the character is a piece of shit, and then 50% I don't like the actress they cast. Okay, that's do you, so do you think just out of curiosity, just for argument's sake, do you think if uh, any other actress were cast, you might like the show better. Oh no, the show sucks. So it doesn't matter the actress. It just eh, you don't. I mean, it's, it doesn't help. Is what okay. I'll say. Because That's if fair. the show is still the same way and they just put a different actress in there, maybe she could make it work. This actress, not so much. Mm. But I know she'll win Emmys for it because you know it's all dramatic, blah blah blah. Well, oh, so... it's drugs and trying to get away from your husband. Well, I mean, Emmys are this coming. Uh, Monday, speaking of drinking, oh, it's coming some Monday. Shit's Creek, anyway, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. she's fine. She doesn't need no fucking. But Emmys. I don't know if she's even nominated for an Emmy. Uh, this show, I don't think so. No, yeah, this show's show. one of those shows that like it might get one. This nom. does seem like it would be an Emmy darling since it's horrible and the 
just awful all around and they really love shitty shows yeah but amc has had its fair shake of shows that have not gotten any emmys i want to say there's that ninja show i forget or that samurai into the badlands into the badlands i don't think that ever got that was never gonna get emmys but it it was was, amc though that was never gonna get emmys but i'm saying that show it's actually entertaining but i'm saying it's amc so not like every single amc show is going to be nominated amc got lucky with breaking bad they got lucky with Mad Men, and they got lucky with uh, Walking the Soul Dead. thing. I don't think well, Walking Dead ever got nominated for any Emmys. No, but I'm saying they got lucky in terms of, like, that's what put them on the map. It put them on the map, and again... I mean, Mad Men was, was the first one to put them remember, on the map. You gotta remember, like, stuff down. actually happens in Walking Dead. I mean, not anymore. Now it's a horrible piece of slog. But at the, the first season, at least, mm. was entertaining. So, of course, you're not going to win any Emmys. So then I pose this question to you just out of curiosity. Would you rather watch a full season of this? So, or no, let's just say this season's done already. Mm. Like the series is finished. Thank God. So <laughs> would you watch from start to finish both seasons of Kevin? Or would you watch all eight seasons of Walking Dead or whatever, ten. how many seasons? Ten seasons. Only ten or eleven now. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously I would rather watch two seasons of Kevin because it's less television I have to get through. Fair. I mean, just because you have such an entertaining, seething hatred for this show. It's and a terrible well, show. Well, technically, and I mean, the you know, I wouldn't even say hatred. You just pretty quickly too, have a strong so. dislike. Again, it's one of those stupid, like, this one does it less, which I'll give them credit for. Is the stupid arty shots that linger on stuff that doesn't matter? Mm. This one went more of the uh, the domestic seedy underbelly route, mm. and it's like I don't care. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. So, did you like this? And I'm just gonna round this out. Um, did you like this episode more or less than the previous two? I honestly try not to remember them. I don't know. It seemed as though you were pretty pissed about this episode just for existing. Like, Like, I don't like this show. I really don't. Like, I'm watching it and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really wish I didn't have to watch this. (laughs) It's a fucking terrible show. I think that's why I wanted to do this podcast too. Just the everybody likes the person that hate watches. Well, the contrarian. Yes, yes. But anyway, we have the fourth episode. I probably like the first episode most because stuff actually happened in it. You mean the? Okay. That's fair. Well, yeah. I mean, it this ended on a cliffhanger. was mostly like just bullshit. Filler? Yeah, it was like the flashbacks were interesting because at least there was stuff happening there. Mm. And Character the fucking, development. A little bit of the body search was meh, and all the stuff with Kevin was okay, and that was it. All the subplots were boring. Neil's like, oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I need weed. Blah. Who gives a fuck? Mm. Uh, oh, I have to go to my family's house and do game night. Nobody gives a shit. Mm. Oh, we gotta go dig through all these dead bodies, and then there's a cemetery. Nobody cares. Like you could have left all that out, put it on a fucking like you, card. Actually, you know what this reminds me of, and episode. I think I know. I I know exactly why you don't like this show too. <sighs> because I think episode to episode, each episode is basically a slice of life thing, where it kind of. I don't want to say plods along, but I yes, mean, it does plot along. It's well, boring. But it means a slice. You hate slice of life. No, I hate slow burns. 
I also don't like Slice of Life, but this wouldn't be a Slice of Life only because, again, it has an overarching plot. The whole point of this freaking show is that she escapes Kevin. What I aggravate me in this show is the fact that she doesn't because it's like she has any number of outs and she won't fucking take them. Mm. And I get it, I get it. It's supposed to be a larger metaphor, blah, blah, blah. It's badly done. (laughs) That's fair, and I guess we'll end on that. I love, again, again, this episode was second to my favorite, only uh, second to New Patty, but Dorn obviously has her opinion opinion. about herself, and we'll leave it at that. Uh So next time, maybe we'll... I was going to say maybe we'll turn around Norton's view of things, but highly doubtful. Nope. My favorite episode of this whole series will be the last one because it'll be fucking over. Do you think it could win you over in the last one? I mean, not the whole series. I might enjoy the last episode. No, I mean, because they always say, like, you could have two horrible acts. The first act, second act could be horrible. But if you wow them in the third act... You have them in in your pocket. No, the whole show sucked no matter what. So there's nothing that the last episode could possibly do. No, even if she was to take a gun, shoot Kevin, and then that's the end of the whole thing. I wouldn't really... I'd be like, okay, great, done. So that is Norton's take. Obviously, you got my take, but is Norton out? Norton's out. Jowski's out as well, and see you guys later on the next episode.